Welcome to the Garden Angeles, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Dee Nash from Guthrie, Oklahoma. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Dee. This is an exciting day. It is. It's very exciting. Well, it was exciting last week, but we forgot to tell people about it. (laughs) Isn't that just so us? (laughs) Yes. What we forgot to tell people was that we've started our second season of the Garden Angeles podcast last week. Whoop, whoop. That means this is episode number actually 54, right? But we've done 56 because we have two additional special interest episodes, one on weeding and what was the other one on? Basics of vegetable gardening. Oh, yes. Basics of a summer vegetable garden. So, Carol, how's the weather? The weather is, uh, let's not talk about the weather. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> let's talk about, we also, speaking of special episodes, we made a promise to do an insect-related episode, which we're still going to do. We are. We are. We just need time. <laughs> yeah, it's a little harder. And um, we're also going to do some more episodes this winter, too. So we're, we're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're up to 54. Did anybody even think we would make it to 50 besides us? Um, I think people thought we could do it because when we put our mind to stuff, by golly, it gets done. Especially if you do things with Carol. Carol is the one that keeps us on track at all times. I'm just the one who helps fill in information and talk. Well, you do, you do your share. So we have a quote today. Do you want to do it since you found it? I do. Of this, be sure you do not find the happy life. You make it. Thomas S. Monson. I like it. I think that's absolutely true. And so people will say, well, I wonder how that relates to flowers. Oh, well, it does relate to flowers. It relates to flowers in a big way because I can tell you, if I have flowers in the wintertime, forced bulbs and bulbs that you don't actually have to force... I am a much happier camper. I am too. And so this week we're going to talk about paper whites. Yay, paper whites. I can hear everybody out there groaning though. Why? Because of Ziva. Stupid, stupid Ziva. Ziva is the variety, as you know, that is sold in every single box store, every nursery. I wish that people would get a clue that people don't like the smell of Ziva. Well, most of us don't. There are a few people out there who like it. And I've heard that where it can overwinter down in zone 8A and warmer, that it's actually quite nice outside. But inside a house, you want to stick it on the back porch because it's so strong smelling. Well, D, I am going to go out on a limb, which we do because we're gardeners. Get it? Limb? I get it. I'm going to say, go buy Ziva and try it. Okay. Works for me. What? I thought we were going to have a big discussion. If it gets you into trying these easy, easy, easy to grow bulbs, I'm all for you going and just, hey, look, there's Ziva on the shelf. I will put it in my grocery cart and I will buy okay, it and okay. I will take it I, home you know, and I, it will be fine. I don't know why I agreed to that. No, don't yes. buy Ziva. Friends, don't let friends buy Ziva because there are a bunch of paper whites that you can order off the internet and everybody orders off the internet anyway and they smell good. There are paper whites that smell good. Not all paper whites stink. 
Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I think if it gets you into the bulb planting mode and you see how easy it is, that is probably easier to get people to start growing paper whites than telling them to go to the Internet and order them and then when they get them. Uh, So I'm going to say buy the Ziva. Okay, but if you do buy the Ziva, just don't panic when it stinks and then next year you can order them. Or you could just go order them now because it could put people off of bulbs completely. You don't know how many people comment on my Facebook page and go, ah, paper whites stink. And I'm like, no, not all of them do. So let's talk about some that don't stink. Yes, there are some that don't stink. So tell us about these. So our friend, Elizabeth Licata, who has, she's on Garden Rant and she also has her own blog that's called Gardening While Intoxicated, right? Isn't that right? That is right. And she's now doing some YouTube videos. And she yeah. has her first one out there. It's, oh, they're great. They're they actually wine. really good. Of course, they, they drink, drink wine. wine. I'd like to drink wine while I plant. All right. Early cheer. She is a big, big fan of early cheer. And I've got to say I am too, because it's got a beautiful double bloom. It smells really good. Early pearl smells really good. Avalanche smells really good. Now these three they need a little bit of chilling. So I put mine in the refrigerator for two weeks. I plant them up. I put them in the refrigerator for two weeks because it's not cold enough normally in Oklahoma to get them cool for about two weeks. And then I bring them out. And I actually put a note on my phone to remind me to take them out of the fridge. I also make sure that there's not any fruit in the fridge, especially apples, because that'll cause them to not work at all. So those need a little chilling. Then there's winter sun. And I'll be honest right now, I can't remember if winter sun needs a little chilling or not, whatever. And then Ariel does not need chilling and Nur, I grow Nur, and it does not need chilling either. And those are all really good bulbs and you can still find them out there. So people go order them. Don't buy Ziva. Okay. And we'll put some links to places that have them, but I'm going to say if they're sold out because... You know, we're getting on into November. They might be sold out. Don't despair. Go to the store and buy Ziva. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and so now's the time to plant them because you want to ensure blooms by Christmas. And on last week's episode, we talked about amaryllis, and you needed to plant them too. So plant them now. Plant them quickly if you want them to do Christmas Day. But here's the deal. If you miss the deadline, don't worry about it. They'll just bloom in January or February when you're about to lose your freaking mind anyway. Right. And remember last year, I planted amaryllis and paper whites in the same pot. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, The amaryllis actually bloomed later than the paper whites, which I thought was kind of interesting. And normally paper whites are just you you get a... uh, layer of gravel in the container and you just put the bulbs on top and then just put that little smidgen of water. But so yeah. the paper whites in the, when I planted them with the amaryllis were actually in dirt. So I don't know if that made them grow faster or what, but it was interesting. I won't do it again. I think it might've been just because the timing's different, you know? Um, Cause I think it takes amaryllis a long time to put up that stalk. And it seems to me that most of my paper whites bloom a little quicker. So I don't know. And I plant mine in soil and then I put pebbles on top because that's just how I like to do it. Um, I've done it every which way over the years. And they're so easy to grow. And um, the other thing about paper whites, they can grow very tall. And people don't yes. like that because then they flop over and then you have to put all kinds of support. and It just looks like a wild contraption sometimes. But they figured out how to make them shorter and stockier, D. 
Yes, they did. Is that, I, I can't remember for sure, but I'm thinking Cornell University, but might be wrong, might be wrong on where that pickling your paper, paper whites comes from. Yeah, um, and I, I found an article from a um, extension service because putting alcohol in the water with the paper whites, it's one of those things that just kind of like is a really cool idea, and so it just like blooms all over the Internet, and then it's on all these sites that often don't have reliable information. So we've got to remind listeners again, go back to the Cooperative Extension articles yeah, where they have reviewed and make sure that it's accurate information. So we're going to make that easy for you. We're providing a link. But the idea is that you put vodka in. You can use other liquors too if you want to, but vodka supposedly is the thing to do. And it's clear and it doesn't have a lot of smell, which is nice too, because you don't want your whole house to smell like a whiskey distillery. Or maybe you do. I don't know. No, you don't. The Cooperative Extension Service article suggests that you actually grow the paper whites in plain water for at least a week till you see some roots growing. And then you have to make a uh, solution that's a 4 to 6% alcohol. So, and you can use anything, gin, yeah. vodka, whiskey, rum, tequila. But if and- you're growing paper whites on gravel then you're going to want to use something that's a clear liquor so it doesn't color the water. That's true. I don't know. Dee, I don't know much about liquors. But I know <laughs> Carol, vodka Carol clear. doesn't drink. So, um, yeah, trust me, though. You know whiskey is dark. So there you go. Right. I do. So I wonder um, if you have cats or things like that, and they get the idea that there's booze inside that um, water. Maybe the cat starts. <laughs> never mind. I don't know. I've never, I actually have never pickled my paper whites because I just don't care that much. Um, I was just thinking while you were talking that you could use Empress Gin. It's purple and that make your water really pretty. Sorry, I digress. Um, I, my cats have never drunk my water for my paper whites, but whatever. Okay. So, um, and I'd have to go buy vodka at the store to be able to do this. I don't have a liquor cabinet here full of booze, oddly enough. No, I don't. And they, you do have to do some, some mathematics to figure out how to take a, say, a 40% di- distilled spirit <laughs> and make that into a 5% solution. And they, there's some math on this link, and it might involve like algebra and calculus. I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's not that difficult. So. It definitely involves percentages and multiplication and division, which we should have learned in third or fourth grade. And I think kids now learn it in first or second. So we should be able to do this. Um, Here's the deal. You add like one part liquor to seven parts water. Oh, you made it so easy. Well, you wrote it down for me, so that makes it easier. (laughs) So, D, I am going to go and try to find a paper white other than Ziva at an actual store. And if I okay. fail, then I, I will try to find some to order. Okay, cool. Next, but I still, never mind. Oh, and by the way, did you buy your waxed amaryllis yet? We talked about this last week. You were going to buy a waxed amaryllis. The silence is deafening, isn't it? When I it is deafening. I have ordered two. They're on the way. We'll see if it works. I think it does work. I mean, it worked for my hairdresser, so I assume it works. Well, they're selling them all over the internet, and then QVC even had them on their um, 24-hour shopping channel, so you know it works, because they don't want a bunch of returns. 
Right. And you know what? Katie DeBeau, our friend, she's the one who introduced those, isn't she, on QVC. So go visit QVC and check out the video with our friend Katie. Yay. Are you ready for the next thing, our vegetable for this week? Yes, because I love our vegetable. It's a vegetable people, again, love to hate, but I love it. I get to do the quote now. Okay. A fruit is a vegetable with looks and money. Plus, if you let fruit rot, it turns into wine, something Brussels sprouts never do. PJ O'Rourke. That is hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> I got to fess up, D. I, I'm not a big fan of Brussels sprouts. If you, oh, my gosh. If you saute them and you add like a pound of bacon, I'm probably going to eat them because bacon. Well, but I have a better recipe for you. You make this, you roast them in the oven, and then you make this delicious vinaigrette that has um, much more sweetness to it than it does sour. And I think you would really like them then because you toss it in it. It's a honey vinaigrette. And then you could add just a little bit of bacon to it too. And I'm telling you, you will eat them and you will be very happy. Well, I'll tell you what, Dee, you can post the recipe, um, a link to the recipe, and then I I might try it. I might not. Okay. Oh, come on now. But here's the thing. Have you grown Brussels sprouts, Dee? I have grown them once. I I think they're a pain, so I don't grow them. But, you know, I'm very lazy. <laughs> well, I'm lazy, too, and I actually grew Brussels sprouts one year. Yeah, I did, too. They were kind of a hit and miss here because it got too warm, and I tried to do it in the spring. That wasn't very smart. So you should really grow them in the fall. And we'll just tell you right now, listeners, it's too late to grow them for this year. But you could grow them for spring or you could grow them in the fall next year. We're going to tell you how. Okay, so I grew mine. (laughs) I'm really lazy. I planted Brussels sprouts out in the spring, but then I didn't harvest them until the fall. Okay. So I let, you know, you can leave them out there until you want to harvest them. Weren't they just eaten up by cabbage moths? Yes, and that's the problem uh, with Brussels sprouts. The same pro- the same white cabbage moth or white cabbage butterfly that attacks cabbages. Yeah. Also also dearly loves Brussels sprouts. Dearly loves it. You know why? Because they're a cruciferous vegetable. Yes, they're and all the- in the same family. <laughs> and they all are attacked by the same darn creatures. So if I were to grow Brussels sprouts again, which is unlikely because I don't really care for them all that much. And the only reason I grew them is because I was writing an article about growing Brussels sprouts and I thought I really should grow them. And so it was a big old experiment. But I would, I would put cover over them. I would put the white horticultural cloth. I would make a little tent over them to keep those stupid white cabbage butterflies from laying their eggs at the base and those eggs become those little green worms and those little green worms eat the whole thing. Did you get any Brussels sprouts from your adventure? I did. I did. You did? Well, good. I did. So it wasn't a complete waste of time and I I gave them away. But here's the thing. Um, It's a lot of work. And since I'm not a Brussels sprouts connoisseur, I cannot say for certain that homegrown Brussels sprouts have a better flavor than store-bought. So there you go. 
Okay, now that we've deterred anyone from ever growing Brussels sprouts, let's tell them how to do it. Well, <laughs> the best thing to do is buy transplants. Buy transplants. Don't try to direct sow the seed outside. And don't, I wouldn't suggest in Oklahoma that you start the seeds indoors because you have to start them like 10 to 12 weeks before you want to transplant them outside. And the truth of the matter is um, you're busy in Oklahoma then because it's still summer and you're still trying to harvest and use your tomatoes, hopefully. Right. They need 80 to 90 days to be ready to harvest. So you would plant them out around June. And then I would, like I said, I would put a white horticultural cloth over them. I would mm-hmm. make like a little tent for them. They need about an inch of water a week. They need lots of room to grow, too, because they, people don't know it, but they grow, the Brussels sprouts grow on these great big, huge stalks. Right. I don't think people know that. They don't because I have purchased stalks of Brussels sprouts at the store. And I have to. You, go to the, you go to the checkout, and I always self checkout now. Then they say, What is this? Or they say, <laughs> And I say, It's Brussels sprouts. And then it's like, Is that how they grow? Because they line the yeah. stem. It's and crazy. Like, it's it's crazy, crazy how they look. And I think there's a really good picture of Margaret Roach on a way to garden. It might be on her Instagram page. I can't remember. But she's holding one in her arms that she grew. And it's huge. So you need at least 18 to 24 inches apart if you're going to grow them in a row. Right. And if you're growing them in a raised bed, you still need a foot and a half. Yeah, you still need some room. They're big. Do they have to be staked? I can't remember. No. Generally, they don't have to be staked. Um, I didn't stake mine. Okay. I was going to say, if you're going to buy transplants, like we always tell people, buy the best, stockiest transplants you can find. And also look for ones that are not dried out, which sounds easier than it is. Um, a lot of times at the box stores where I've seen Brussels sprouts for sale, they are all dried out and they're very susceptible to that. So try to pick some that look really healthy and green and don't look windblown. Right. And if you're going to buy Brussels sprouts to eat, because I'm, I'm told it's a good vegetable and I, I will, I will try your recipe D because I'm not, it's like, not my recipe. I'm, we're actually going to link to a recipe online. I didn't make it up. I actually ate at a restaurant. Just add some bacon to it. It's delicious. Bacon improves everything. True. Unless you're a vegan or a vegetarian, yeah. maybe not then. But go to a grocery store that sells the Brussels sprouts on the stalk if you're going to buy them or to a farmer's market. They'll be fresher if they're kept on the stalk. Okay. Unlike carrots, that if you like, if you go to the store and buy carrots, you don't want to buy carrots that still have the leaves at the top because the leaves suck all the sweetness out of the carrots and all the energy. So you want to buy carrots as pretty as those are. You want to buy carrots that are already. De- topped leafed yeah topped so yes and so then um because you're gonna have to trim the ends of the brussels sprouts anyway if they're in the nasty little bag so just trim them off the stock right right that wouldn't be hard and then you cut them in half and then you start roasting them and stuff so in mild climates they can if you decide to grow them they can overwinter outside oklahoma is not mild enough for that you're gonna definitely yeah. If you are going to overwinter them, you're definitely going to have to cover them up. 
Correct. Definitely. Okay, so we have, have we convinced anybody to grow Brussels sprouts? We might have convinced them it's hard and not to do it. I don't know. Here's the thing. You know, it's always worth trying it once, right? Absolutely. Okay. I'm all for that, but I'm just going to buy mine on the stock and then chop them off and roast them. And I have already done mine once, so my responsibility to grow Brussels sprouts once in my life is now complete. I may move on. You may move on and grow some other cruciferous that's easier, like kale. All righty, so back onto our dirt, and you have something exciting to say about your sweet little Christmas book. My sweet little Christmas book, The Christmas Cottontail, turned one on Saturday, November the 16th. Yay! Happy birthday, Christmas Cottontail. Thank you. It makes a great Christmas gift. It is. It's for little kids, four to six, but it has a nice lesson for gardeners in there. So it's on, you can go to your independent bookstore and ask them to order it for you, or you can order it from me, or you can order it from Amazon. Yeah, I ordered mine from Amazon. I'm just not going to lie. So the dirt, though, we want to talk about, D. We have some scary yeah. dirt. This is this is scary. like, well, it's a little scary. It's a little Halloween-y. It's disappointing. Not really. Okay. So I subscribed to a newsletter called Green Talk. It's from Ball Publishing. And they had some interesting information about houseplants. So you want the good news they had or the bad news? Well, I think we should end with good news. Okay. So you know how all over the internet, again, everybody says, grow houseplants because they help to clean the air in your house. Yes. It's based on a study. But not all studies are equal. So the last week or a couple of weeks ago, the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Epidemiology published an article that said potted plants do not improve indoor air quality. Hmm. So, a review and analysis of reported VOC removal efficiencies. I'm not even sure what all that means. No, I know. But yeah, they're just saying it doesn't clear the clean the air. No. And the research that was originally done, they said, was kind of done in a vacuum or a vacuum chamber. And that's mm-hmm. not really the same as a living room or an office space. Mm. And that actually um, just a fresh air exchange, like, a, you know, doors opening and closing, windows opening and closing, is better at cleaning the air than plants. So. Yeah, that's sort of sad. It kind of was like somebody took a pin to one of my balloons and popped it. Yeah. Yeah. But let's end with the happiness. Well, I was just going to say, so our listeners will find that this news is going to be like a headline all over the internet and people aren't going to read beyond the headline. They're just going to say, oh, houseplants don't improve the air quality in your house. Now I don't need to feel guilty for not getting houseplants. But the good news is that for if you look at reasons that people want to have houseplants in their home, uh, air purification was like at the bottom of the list anyway. Yeah, that's not why I grow houseplants. I just thought it was like a little bonus I got to have. But apparently not. But I'll still grow houseplants because oh, yeah. I like them. And what's and uh, our friends at Grow It, which is, uh, we'll talk about their app on a future podcast. 
They came out with their 2020 houseplant report. Okay, which has the recent twin, the most recent trends. I can say that three times. Right. So the number one thing they say consumers are looking for when choosing a houseplant is is yeah vibrant right. v- vibrant colors and foliage. Oh, vibrant color and foliage. Well, that makes perfect sense because that's why neon pothos is beautiful. Yes, and it waves its little neon leaves at people, and they're like, I'm buying that. You know what? I watered my little neon pothos this morning. I did. I love that little plant. I will take a picture of it. I need to water mine. So the bottom of the list, again, like we said, they say the bottom things that people are looking for are blooms, blooms, which is sad for the African violets out there. Why is that sad for them if they're looking? Oh, that's the bottom. Okay, that's got it. That's the bottom. Oh, um, well, sorry, African violets. You're kind of hard and particular anyway. Uh, pet friendly. People aren't necessarily worried about whether it's pet friendly. Unless, yeah, I don't I guess, care. Yeah. Well, Sign. let me explain it this way. My cats don't eat my houseplants. My daughter's cat, old cat, she ate houseplants, and that was a big problem for them. Her current cats do not. So, okay. Anyway. Size. Yeah, who cares? And the last thing was air purification. What's the number one thing they're looking for? Oh, yeah, it's vibrant colors and foliage. We were talking about neon just a minute ago. Just goes to show stuff goes around the internet and everybody grabs onto it and say, it is the absolute truth, but, you know, just depends on how the study was done and more studies are being done and... So we'll keep an eye on this trend. I don't think it'll affect houseplant sales one bit, though. No, because millennials love houseplants. And thank God they do, because now we have so many to choose from. I was watering all of mine today, and I was looking at them. And I was thinking, you know, five years ago, you couldn't find hardly any houseplants to even get. And we have a whole podcast on houseplants. We should link to it. We do have a podcast on houseplants? We do. We have a whole podcast on houseplants. Mm-hmm. You'll have to tell that. me. You'll have to tell me which one that is, and I'll put a link to it. Okay, I can do notes. that. <laughs> okay. So is that so is that all for today? That is it for today. We've covered. Hey, it all, everybody! Dean. We are so excited that you guys follow us and listen to us, and we so appreciate it. If you would give us a five star review, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate that. If you listen on Google Podcasts, interestingly. They have a whole compilation of our show notes, just like Buzzsprout does. I don't know how they pick that up, but I don't understand Google half the time anyway. And we're also on Facebook, and you can write us questions there. Um, you can write us on Twitter. Um, we're on Pinterest. We're on Instagram. And you can send us info over there. I will try to answer you, or Carol will. I usually do all this social media Well, most of it. She does Twitter. So I'm usually the one answering back. But if it's a special question just for Carol that I don't know the answer to, hence growing things in Indianapolis, I I get the information from her. So we're also on there individually as in our various personifications. And I will include links to all that social media in the show notes, which uh, also show up on Apple Podcasts. Oh, do they? I, I didn't know our so. show notes showed up on Apple Podcast. Well, see, it shows what I know. I just listened to it on Apple Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.